Good morning. I want to ask you to stand this morning. We're thankful that you're here. How many people know that last week was Easter Sunday and, and, and he rose from the dead, but he's still alive today. And he's going to be alive and uh, he's making intercession for you and I. And so this morning we are coming to worship him. We're coming to, to take our, this morning, to lift up his name. And uh, we pray that, uh, that something will be said or done today because in reality, we know that the Bible tells us that God loved us so much that he gave his only son to die for us. And today, that's what we celebrate. So this morning, just before we go to worship, can we just take just a moment and welcome and invite his presence into this place? Father, we come before you. God, I'm so thankful that you allow us to, to have this opportunity to come together to lift up your name. Father, as we worship you this morning, as we lift up your name, may it be as sweet to your ears. God, we love you and we worship you this morning in Jesus' name.
this morning. Oh, we're free, free, forever we're free. Come join the songs of all the redeemed. Yes, we're free, free, forever, amen. When death was arrested and my life began. this morning and pray with me dear heavenly father i thank you for this day i thank you for allowing us to gather and praise your name i thank you for all the wonderful things that you have done for us and i thank you for watching over us as our great shepherd and i pray that you continue to guide our steps god and i pray for wisdom and guidance all over our lives and i pray that you help us reflect who you are in our words and in our actions and in jesus name we pray amen We want to welcome you this morning to Gateway Church. Thank you for uh, spending uh, a little bit of your Sunday with us. If you're a guest, thank you for being here. We're so excited that you're here, and uh, we pray that, uh, that you feel welcome. And um, we are looking forward to what God is doing not only uh, on Sundays, but what He's doing Monday through Saturday in our lives and in our community. And thank you for being part of that. Uh, we had a powerful two services last week for Easter. Uh, the place was packed, and, and uh, there were many decisions made for Christ. Uh, we had all kinds of people going from death to life, and um, that's what it's all about, is when, when something or someone who is dead comes back to life. And we started a, a series entitled, I Am Jesus. And uh, in this series, we've decided to, to not take the world's opinion on who Jesus is. How many people know that uh, no matter what it is, everybody has an opinion about everything? The world has an opinion on who Jesus is. Uh, we've decided that, that we're not going to, to take the opinion of the world. We're not even going to take the opinion of, of our parents or our grandparents. Because sometimes we were raised, and we were raised in such a way that, that our parents and grandparents told us what we needed to think about Jesus. But instead, we're going to go straight to the source. If you want to know somebody, uh, the best way to get to know someone is to go to them. It is to talk to them, to listen to them. And so what I mean by that is, is, is we're going to go straight to Jesus. Jesus and who he says that he is. In the book of John, he made seven statements. Seven statements that started with two simple words. Three letters. Two, two words that says, I am. And so in this series, we're, we're going to look at four of those statements. Four of those things where Jesus said and he proclaimed who he says that he is. Last week, we looked at John chapter 11, verse 25, where Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall live. Now, Jesus said this to Mary and Martha. 
He was talking about his dear friend, Lazarus, uh, which were their brother. And they had, Lazarus had died. He'd been placed in a tomb. And when Jesus found this out, he looked at them and said, he's not dead. He said, I'm the resurrection. He said, I, I know what it looks like in this moment. I, I understand what you're saying. I understand that he's been in, in the tomb for four days. But Jesus was saying that, that dead things don't stay dead when he enters in, into the equation. Jesus proclaimed that resurrection is not what he does, but it's who he is. And today I want to look at a second I am statement. It's found in John chapter 10, verse 11. And it says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. Now, when you begin to read this passage in the book of John, it's a passage that's talking about how that the shepherd is there, he's watching over the sheep, but all the time that the thieves and the robbers will, will try to come over the, the, the wall and try to get to the sheep. And Jesus is talking about our spiritual enemy. His name is Satan. And what we know about Satan is, is that he hates God. He not only hates God, but he hates anyone who's dedicated their life to him. Satan's desire is to steal, to kill, and to destroy everything that matters to God. And you have to admit, if you look around, look at things all around you, there's evil in the world, and evil is destroying a lot of things that matter to God. Evil is destroying people. It's destroying families. It's destroying marriages. It's destroying our kids. All of these things, they matter to God. And our enemy is trying to steal, to kill, and to destroy. In John chapter 10, verse 10, he tells us just that. He says, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. But then he gives us hope. He says, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. So in this, when Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, what Jesus is saying is, he said, that's who I am. So if he's the good shepherd, what does that make us? That's a question. The sheep. If Jesus is the good shepherd, he's watching after us, it makes us the sheep. And it's his desire that we, as the sheep, for us to live our lives to the fullest. Now, sheep are the most commonly mentioned animal in the Bible. And in this, when Jesus is comparing us to sheep, it's not a flattering comparison. Because sheep aren't real smart. I mean, think about it. Have you ever seen a trained sheep? I mean, you can train dogs. I would have never believed it. I didn't think you could, could train cats, but I've even witnessed cats being trained. But I've never seen a trained sheep. You say, Pastor, well, what are you trying to tell me this morning? What I'm trying to tell you in the nicest way I can put it, with all the love in my heart, you're stupid. <laughs> now, if it makes you feel any better, I'm stupid too. And for the next few minutes, I, I want to look at four challenges that we face because we're sheep. Four challenges that we, that we face. Now, I have to admit, uh, this week as I was studying, I probably learned more about sheep than I really wanted to know. And so now I just want to pass that knowledge on to you. The first thing 
that we need to know about sheep is that sheep get lost easily. Have you ever traveled with someone who, who gets lost frequently? Have you ever been following someone that, that, that you realized that they didn't know where they were going? Uh, we traveled with, a, with a, a few families out to, to Colorado not too long ago, and we got to the Denver airport. And I had been there before, but we had one person in the group that decided he knew where we needed to go. And so we began to, here we are, dragging our luggage through the Denver International Airport, and he said, no, it's, it's this way. And I'm sitting there the whole time thinking, he's lost. And we go all the way down to the end, and, and, and no, I think it's this way. And finally, I'm like, can you just ask somebody? He didn't know where he was going. But I have to admit, I'm, I couldn't really step up and lead because I'm directionally challenged as well. Um, I'll never forget. How many people remember GPS when they weren't on your phone or they weren't in your car? They were that thing that you had to buy to stick on. Does anybody still have one of those? Uh-oh. Does anybody still use it? Those things don't update very good. I'll never forget. I'm always trying to be on the front end of technology. And um, so I was so excited when I, I got my first GPS. I was one of the first people, you know, in, in our little group to have one. And we were going on a trip. And it was, a, it was a church trip. We were going on a retreat. And it was up near the New River Gorge. And so I'll never forget, I, I put that thing on my, on my uh, dashboard, and I was so excited. And, and so we start going, and we start going down this road, and, and everything's going great. But all of a sudden, I'm leading the way. All of a sudden, it tells me to turn uh, right across this bridge. And this bridge didn't look like it was really meant to be traveled on. But I looked at it, and I said, the GPS said, this is where to go. And so I go across, and here's five, six cars just following me. And now, there are some people here today that were on this trip. Don't ask them about this because they embellish the truth. It's not as bad as, as what they try to make it believe. I, I mean, if, if you listen to them, they'll make you think that we were like driving across the Grand Canyon. It wasn't that bad. But it was a, a, a dirt road, and there was a few ruts. Um, and uh, so we went up this road just a little bit, and finally somebody pulled up beside me and said, uh, I don't think this is right. And I'm like, listen, this is what the GPS says. But we were lost. Sheep get lost easily. And so here we are, we're, we're thinking about it. And the Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 53, it says, all of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Sheep are always wandering away from the flock. Sheep will see something bright and shiny, and, and they head toward it. Oh, I see something over here that'll make me happy. And they wander away. Sheep make bad decisions. They wander away from the flock. And if we're being real this morning, if we're really looking into our lives, that could be where many of us are or where we have been. Here we are trying to figure out this thing that we call life. And while we're doing it, we continually are making bad decisions. And this happens because sheep without a shepherd get lost very easily. The second thing we need to know about sheep is sheep are defenseless. If you think about most animals, most animals have some form of defense. I mean, they have claws or they have fangs or they have horns. Uh, some can kick. Some can, can fly away. Some are really, really fast. What does a sheep have? 
Bah. That's all they can do. It's not going to scare anybody away. They can't do anything. And when we think about us and we're compared to sheep, we understand that on our own, we're defenseless. Without the body of Christ, we are defenseless. Without the armor of God, without the protection of the good shepherd, we're an easy prey for the enemy, just like sheep. The next thing about sheep that we need to know is sheep are stubborn. Look at the person sitting beside you and say, well, that explains it. Now, all of you didn't do that. You know why you didn't do it? Because you're stubborn. I ain't doing what he says, bless God. I ain't standing up, I ain't clapping, I ain't raising my hand, I ain't talking to my neighbor, I ain't doing it. Stubborn. I read this week that if, that if a sheep goes between two rocks and gets stuck, you know what they do? I mean, the smart thing to do would be what? Back out, right? No, they're stubborn. They're not going to put it in reverse. They're going to keep pushing. They're not getting through. They're getting stuck more and more every moment. But they just keep trying to go forward. Why? Because they're stubborn. How many of you know someone like that? Someone that starts to make bad choices, bad decisions. But instead of changing course, when they realize that they're stuck, when they realize that they're headed the wrong way, instead of changing course, they double down. And they just go and try that much harder in the same direction that they're going. Full speed ahead, right off a cliff. I mean, they always end up with, with the wrong girl or the wrong guy. They keep fishing with the same bait is the reason that it happens. They're stubborn. Yes, I use a fishing reference. All you fishermen are wearing me down. Not really. I had somebody text me Friday night. said, what time do you want me to pick you up tomorrow? I said, for what? Where are we going? He said, fishing. I said, never. <laughs> I've got grass to watch grow. Um, sorry. Sheep are stubborn. Not changing my mind. I ain't going fishing. I ain't going to like it. Fourth thing is, the sheep are filthy. If you see pictures of sheep that are white and fluffy, that's a lie of the devil. Little Bo Peep's sheep didn't look like you see in the book. That sheep on the commercial when, when you're trying to, uh, when they're trying to get you to buy a Serta mattress, it doesn't look like that. Sheep are filthy. They stink. If you hear last week, you know, we talked about Lazarus after four days and, and the King James says that he stinketh. The teenagers say he was stanky. That's exactly what sheep are like. However you want to say it, sheep don't smell good. They're filthy. When we look at our lives to today, we have to understand that that is the way that we are in the eyes of God when we're without him. I've heard people say, well, he's a good guy or she's a good girl or they're a good person. But in the eyes of God, we are not good. In the eyes of God, we are dirty. We are filthy. In the eyes of God, the Bible tells us that we all fall short of God's standard for perfection. Without him, we're filthy. So that's four things that we've learned about ourselves. 
being compared to sheep. You say, well, what's the hope? I mean, you've told me I'm stupid, I stink, I'm stubborn. Man, I'm glad I came to church this morning, aren't you? The hope is I want to look at, for the next few minutes, four things about the Good Shepherd. Four qualities of the Good Shepherd. To do that, I want to use one of the the most famous passages of Scripture. And it was written by someone who knew exactly what being a good shepherd looked like. It's Psalm chapter 23. And David tells us all about, because he knew, because he was one, being a good shepherd. First, we learned about us that, that sheep get lost easily. But what we know about the good shepherd is, is that he guides In Psalm chapter 23, verse 3, David said, He guides me along the right path, bringing honor to his name. The Lord guides us. Have you ever found yourself with with a big decision to make and you don't know what to do? And in those moments, you, you, you think, what am I going to do? Well, I can tell you, if you will seek God, he will guide you. You say, well, pastor, how, how does he guide? John chapter 10, verse 3 and 4 says this, he The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. You're probably thinking, well, Pastor, I've never heard the audible voice of God. And I'm here to tell you this morning that I haven't either. Can he speak audibly? I believe he can because he's God and he can do whatever he pleases. But I also know that there's other ways that he speaks to us. He speaks to us through his word. He speaks to us through people. He speaks to us through a sermon just like this. He can speak in in so many different ways. But in this passage, we learn that those who recognize his voice because they follow him, they know him. You say, well, pastor, I can't recognize his voice. I don't know when he's speaking to me. Well, let me ask you this. Have you ever walked into a room filled with with a bunch of people and all of them are talking and and everybody's just having conversation, but when you walk into that room, there's one voice that you can recognize. If I walk into a room and my wife's in that room, not because she's the loudest, But I recognize her voice. Why is that? Because we've been together since 1994. That's a long time. I recognize her voice because I've spent time with her. Because I know her. And I'm here to tell you today that if you don't recognize and can't recognize the voice of God, the voice of the Good Shepherd, you probably either don't know him or you're not spending enough time with him. Because when you know him, you recognize his voice. When you know him, you recognize when he's speaking to you. Have you ever had one of those Sundays that you come in and and it seems like every song is directed right at you? And then then the pastor gets up to preach and and you're thinking in your mind, "He's, he's picking on me today. He knows exactly what I'm going through. Can I tell you that that's not a coincidence? 
That's God speaking to you. Have you ever had a, have, had a decision to make and, and something happens that, that clearly guides you? Something happens that, that makes it obvious of the direction that you need to go? That's God. Can I tell you that God loves you that much? And that the enemy, he will try to, to make you believe and try to get you to go different ways. But if you recognize his voice, if you know him, he'll guide you. The next thing the good shepherd does is that he provides. David in Psalm 23 put it this way. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. Now, there's something you need to know about sheep. Sheep do not lie down very often. In order for them to be willing to lay down, there's three things that they have to have. Three things that allow them to feel comfortable enough to do so. The first thing is that they have to be well-fed. The second thing is, is, is they have to be getting along. And the third thing is, is they have to feel safe. And in the presence of the good shepherd who leads them into green pastures, they become full. They feel safe because he's with them. They know that he's going to, to break up any fight, that he's going to defend off any, anyone that's trying to, to, to attack them. So they're not afraid because he's their defender. So they can actually lie down and rest. And then it goes on to say that he leads me beside quiet waters. Now it's very important there that you understand and realize why that it says quiet waters, still waters. It's because a sheep will not drink from water that is rushing. They look at water that is rushing and they're afraid to go drink in it because they're afraid that they're going to fall in and be swept away. They probably watched some of their fellow sheep do that. No, I ain't going over there. I just die of thirst. But the good shepherd leads them to the right kind of water so that they can drink. Jesus, our good shepherd, in John chapter 4 said that he is the living water. And that once we drink of him, we will never ever thirst again. He satisfies our thirst so that we can be at rest. That's what the good shepherd does. Then David said, he refreshes my soul. He is such a good provider, not just materially, not just for our bodies, but he provides for our souls. Some of you have everything that you need on the outside, but your soul is not at rest. If you're in that position this morning, I'm asking you, you, you could be a sheep without a shepherd. Because our good shepherd refreshes us so that we can be at peace. If you're a follower of Christ, have you ever noticed that, that, that there's times that everything can be going wrong around you, but you still have peace? Maybe it's not you, but, but you look at someone and everything in their life is falling apart. And, and you think, how in the world are they keeping it together? How in the world are they just not jumping off the Ashland Bridge? If it were me, I know that's what I would be doing. It's because they have the peace of God. It's because the good shepherd will give us 
peace that we can't understand or we can't explain. He can refresh our soul when we're in the midst of turmoil. The good shepherd guides. He provides. Everybody likes that, right? He guides us and he provides us. Somebody say, thank God. This next one gets a little, probably not going to like it as well. He corrects. Probably doesn't seem like good news if you're a wandering sheep. But it is good news because the shepherd loves you enough to correct you when you're headed for danger. Job in chapter 5 put it this way. He said, but consider the joy of those corrected by God. How many people, when God corrects you, you just jump in for joy? Do not despise the discipline of the Almighty when you sin. You need to, when you're having to punish your child, you need to read him this verse. You need to be happy. And then in verse 18, he says, For though he wounds, he also bandages. He strikes, but his hands also heal. One of the articles I, I read this week, there was a lot of Googling about sheep this week. We found out last week, Google will teach you anything, right? But what a loving shepherd will do for a sheep that wanders off it is often... He knows that when they wander, wander off, they're vulnerable to wolves. They might just go off a cliff. And so he goes to them, and the loving shepherd would take his rod and break the legs of the lamb. That sounds cruel, doesn't it? Don't try it on your dog. You'll end up in jail. It sounds cruel. But what happens is, is after the shepherd would do that, he would pick up the lamb, he would hold it close, and he would take care of it. And as the lamb would grow, that lamb would become completely dependent upon that shepherd. It would almost become like his pet. And the sheep would learn the shepherd's voice because it was always close to the shepherd because it was so dependent on him. Wouldn't wander off anymore. Why? Because it trusted the shepherd with its life. That's the discipline of God. Listen, we all make bad decisions. And when we make decisions, we often have to face those consequences of those decisions. But the discipline of God, just like the discipline of the shepherd, if we'll learn... And stay close to him. Say, I'm not going to do that again. That was stupid. It will keep us from stupid decisions that could cost us even more over the course of time. Discipline isn't something that we look forward to. It's not something that we really want. When you have to discipline your child, I doubt that they're singing praise songs. Hebrews chapter, 11, chapter 12, verse 11 says, No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. So it's not fun when it's happening. But we need it. He guides. He provides. He corrects. 
And lastly, he protects. We read in Psalm chapter 23, verse 4 and 5. It says, Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I'll not be afraid. For you're close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing. I found this interesting. First of all, when we talk about the rod, the staff, that was made, it was a long rod and it had a hook on the end, a shepherd's hook. And he would use that to beat off the enemies, to protect. He would also use it that if the sheep was in trouble, he could use that hook to to pick up the sheep. Maybe out of rushing water. He protects us. When it talked about anointing his head with oil, I I thought, what does that mean? And as I was studying about about the sheep, I found out that, that because the sheep were stinky, flies would always be around them. And when the flies were around them, the, the flies would often fly up their nose. I was telling my daughter about this, and she said, that's disgusting. They would fly up their nose, and, and, and they would lay eggs. And when the, the eggs would hatch, some flies would come out, but other flies would go up further into the cavity and would get to the brain. And the sheep would begin to go crazy. And the sheep would be so crazy that it would sometimes just find something and just start to bang its head against the wall. So what the shepherd would do was the ointment, the oil that it would put on the sheep was like insect repellent. And he would put that oil on the sheep to keep the flies and and the the pests pests away. Verse 6 says, Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. He protects me. He says he's going to follow after me. It's not saying that that, that you'll never have physical harm. It's not saying that that you're going to not have issues or problems or or struggles or trials. But what he's saying is, is that spiritually he has stored up for us an inheritance that will never fade. An inheritance that will never fail. Say, well, pastor, I I know the 23rd Psalm. I mean, I, I can... I can quote it. I've been able to quote it since I was a a small child. And it's awesome that you know the 23rd Psalm. But it's one thing to know it, to be able to recite it. And it's a completely different thing to know the shepherd. He wants you to know him. He wants you to, to, to recognize his voice. And if you don't know him, he's here for you. Jesus told a parable, once again, talking about the good shepherd. And he said, a good shepherd would leave the 99 to go after just the one. 
He's coming for you. He wants you to know Him. Remember, He's good. But there's another one that's after you that's not good. There's another one that comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy anything that matters to God. And that's you. But the good shepherd says he wants you to have life and to have life to the fullest. The good shepherd loved you so much that he laid down his life just for you. And so when the world begins to tell you who Jesus is, when the enemy tries to tell you that no one cares. You can go to John chapter 10 and you can say, no, that's not true. Because it tells me right here that he says that he's the good shepherd and that he would lay down his life for me, which is exactly what he did. I am. I am. I'm going to ask you to stand right where you are. First of all, as you bow your head, I just want you to to ask you the question. You may be here today and you say, Pastor, that, that, that good shepherd sounds like a pretty good deal. The good shepherd, it sounds like somebody that, that I need watching after me. The good shepherd seems like that, that it would really be someone that would really be beneficial for me to know, but I don't know him. I'm not going to come back to you. I'm not going to call you out. I just want to pray for you. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, that's me. I do not know the good shepherd. I'm wandering off all by myself. I don't have anyone to guide me. I don't have anyone to protect me. I don't have anyone to correct me. But I need it. I need the good shepherd. Would there be another? Just slip up your hand. You're one heartfelt prayer prayer away from meeting the good shepherd. Anyone else? The Bible tells us that if we believe in our heart, he's Lord, we confess with our mouth, that we can know the good shepherd. So right now we're going, to, we're, we're going to pray. And if you raised your hand, all you have to do is just pray this prayer with me. It's a personal decision between you and the good shepherd. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. Father, I come before you this morning. Father, you see the hands that were raised in this auditorium. God, today we come before you. We know that in ourselves we're filthy. God, we know in ourselves that we fall short of your perfection. But God, we know that with you, that filthiness is is washed clean. It's white as snow. 
Father, I believe this morning. Father, I confess that you're Lord. Come into my life. I need you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for loving me so much. You may be here this morning and say, Pastor, I've met the Good Shepherd. I've been there and and I know that he will guide me and he'll protect me. But I've wandered off. And and I'm off and I'm disconnected from my church family. I'm disconnected from, from God. But this morning... I want to know him better. I want to I want to come back to him. I want him to, to, to be the most important thing in my life once again. I want to commit completely to him. I want to be close to him. I want to know his voice. With everyone says, Pastor, that's me. Thank you. That's me. Thank you. I, I, I want to know it. Thank you. All across this auditorium. Listen, we're sheep. We'll never graduate from being anything other than a sheep. We need the shepherd. Anyone else? If you raise your hand, we're going to pray right now. And the Bible says that if you will just change direction if you'll just change direction just do a a 180 and when you do a 180 if you've been going away from God when you do a 180 you're going to turn back toward him and what you're going to see when you do that is you're going to see the father coming after you just like the prodigal son And in that story of the prodigal son, the father didn't love the son any less because he went away. He just wanted him to come home. And that's what the father wants from you today. He said, come back, come close to me so that I can be what I've proclaimed to be to you, the good shepherd. Will you pray with me if you raised your hand? Father, I come before you right now. God, I thank you that no matter what we do, God, that you still love us. God, no matter matter how many bad decisions we make, you're still coming after us. Your goodness is still running after us. Father, I pray today for those all across this auditorium that raised their hands, that said, I know the good shepherd but I need to be closer to him I've isolated myself I've ran off but I need him I need to know his voice 
tired of living defeated tired of being attacked not having any defense I need his protection tired of getting lost at every turn I need him to guide me I need him Father I thank you for your promise that you're the good shepherd God for those who have made the decision to either follow you for the first time to get to know you for the first time or for those who who have made the decision to come back towards you to know you more than they've ever known you before God I praise you for those people God may we all strive to know you the good shepherd more and more every day and may we never stray away from your voice in the name of Jesus can we sing this song this song simply says Holy Spirit you are welcome here and when we sing that the first thing in our mind would say you, you, well, we're talking about this building and absolutely we want the Holy Spirit to fill this place But what we really, really need is for him to to fill this place, this temple. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit will go with us every step of the way. And that the Holy Spirit will guide us and lead us into all truth. And so as you sing this song, make it your prayer. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Feel me. Declare it this morning.